There's trouble in Pitt's receiving core. Jaden Bradley out. Who can step up? And what does this mean for Keaton Slovis and the Pitt offense? You are Locked On Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairball. Today's episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% more with promo code Locked On or Sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Folks, let's talk about the big topic. Jane Bradley is gone. Jane Bradley is no longer with the Pittsburgh Panthers program. This is a surprise, but eventually as the week started to kind of churn on, this became increasingly clear that Jane Bradley was not going to be with Pitt much longer. That is a very significant thing to look at at this point in the season, just because of the position he plays. Um, I mean, really, Bradley didn't have a ton of great stats, only 120 receiving yards, only those two touchdowns against Georgia Tech. But he's coming off his best game of the season probably in terms of overall productivity throughout a game rather than just the quick spurt that he had against Georgia Tech, it felt like Bradley was starting to maybe get the footing under him that he needed to actually make that talent that we knew he had turn into all that potential, right? That potential needed to become actual production. And so when you look at Bradley, it was a good performance. He had bad special teams penalties, though, had a few drops, ran the wrong routes, and we have just heard routinely throughout the immaturity of him, um, the inability to grasp the offense at a high level. Um, there has been a lot of ups and downs throughout the Jaden Bradley experience this year, especially. And to me, that is about as exemplary of what we can see with Jaden Bradley. And how much of a loss is it? It's a loss. It's a big one to me. And I say that in about as much as I can for a guy who hasn't had a ton of production, right? I mean, Jaden Bradley has not actually put up a ton of stats this year. He had a few catches last year. He got on the field as a freshman for a reason. Jaden Bradley is a talented football player. And Bradley is 100% going to be a guy that is going to get interest in the portal because of his talent. But he's not a guy that did a lot at Pitt. 19 receptions, 259 yards. Um, and, and you look against Virginia Tech, had a bit of a consistent presence. And so Pitt was looking for someone to step up other than Means, Wayne, and Mumfield. And Mumfield obviously was injured against Georgia Tech and missed that Virginia Tech game. So Barton got the opportunity, and he stepped up and did fine enough. I don't necessarily think that Jaden Bradley is some difference maker. I don't think he's this great player. I I thought he could be a really good receiver down the line. I don't think he was there yet. I've said that a lot on this podcast, that he's a guy that is a contested catch guy, but he's a height, weight, speed type of player that could potentially win at all three levels eventually, but the consistency in his routes, his catch technique, and overall – Just his ability to process the game was not there yet. 
And so whatever skirmishes, blowups, differences in the locker room that happened with Bradley, it, it sounds like it just became too much. This is not a Frank Signetti thing. I'll say that. I know that there's been a lot of theorization that maybe Bradley wasn't happy with this offense. It, it's not that. It is 100% not that. And so what you actually look for to me in terms of why it happened, it was the immaturity. And I just think that eventually that immaturity became too much to deal with. It sheared the relationships inside the locker room and mutually beneficial to both of these parties. They decided to part ways. And that's really what happened. And now pits down a player at a really key position. I mean, let's understand this. Bradley is the wide receiver three, four. If someone gets hurt, he's the first guy to step in. So who's the first guy to step in now? You know who the top three are. Jared Wayne, Bub Means, and Kanani Mumfield. But it's time for number 10. Jalen Barton. This has to be who steps up. He has been asking, and you could tell on social media throughout just his body language on the sideline, everything. Man, Jalen Barton's been waiting for just an opportunity. He's been itching for a chance to show what he can do. And Barton hasn't had a lot of those chances. And in the past, he's had flashes. And you look at what he's brought to the table. And got the speed. Has had some drop issues. Maybe he's not the most consistent route runner. So you're not super in love with the polish on his game. But I'll tell you what. You look at Jalen Barton. And out of everyone on this team right now at the wide receiver position, not named. Bub means Jared Wayne cannot in field. He's got to be the guy that you look at. It's time for him to show what he can bring to the table. And maybe he doesn't have anything. But Lord have mercy. This is his opportunity. This is going to be when we find out if it has something in Jalen Barton. And they very well might not. But you needed the speed. You needed a big play threat regardless. Barton can work at a lot of different spots with his skill set. Can he showcase consistency? Can he showcase the juice that you know he has? He's made some great plays. Miami last year, he's been productive in other games. Jalen Barton has brought to the table a level of talent that is there. Very similar to Jaden Bradley in a lot of ways. Barton has the talent. Now a junior, you know he's been ready to step up. You know he has. And so if there's going to be a year, if there's going to be a chance for Jalen Barton to come out, it's got to be this one. He plays a freshman. He's played as a sophomore. He has three career touchdowns. He's had a few big plays here or there. What are they going to get from Jalen Barton? That's the biggest question I have about this receiving core right now. He's going to have to be the guy to step up and make the noise because no one else on this squad in that receiving core has any type of production 
like Jalen Bard does. And it's not much, but we know the flashes of Jalen Bard. I don't think we can say that about anyone else. But we'll talk about the rest of the options, who could potentially stand out. We're also going to talk, though, about Lucian Carter Warren for the season and, and Keaton Slow is trying to get back on track and how this just affects everything. The passing offense still in flux for the Panthers. But first, I want to let you guys know about sweat block because folks if you have had embarrassing sweat i know that i'm sometimes out there playing on the court playing on the football field you can do whatever you want but if you have that physical activity and you sweat and it is an issue folks sweat block can fix it it can give you the confidence you want when you are on the court when you are in the gym whatever you may be if you are active and don't want to sweat and smell disgusting afterwards with that embarrassing stains and all of those, Sweatblock can help you. Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters, and they worked. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. All right, everybody. Let's talk now a little bit more about this receiving core. It's time for Jalen Barton. We know this. Jalen Barton needs to show out. He needs to showcase that three-level ability, the consistency in his catch technique. He's going to have to show everything. And so... When you look at what Barton's going to encompass, he'll be that guy. I don't think there's a question of who number four is. It's Jalen it's Jalen Barton because it has to be Jalen Barton. He's going to get a lot more snaps, and he's going to have to step up. And it's not like the top three were overall impressive. Jared Wayne is Jared Wayne. We know who he is. He's been fantastic as usual. Kanani Mumfield was really hitting that groove before the concussion, which hurts. But I think Kanani Mumfield is on the right track to becoming a really good receiver. Bub Means is still very green, has the talent, though. But he's volatile. So is Jalen Barton. But outside of these four, we know a little bit about these four, at the very least. We know a little bit. We don't know as much about Jalen Barton, but we've seen the flashes of what he could be. Behind these guys, we have a few names. Miles Alston, Gavin Thompson, Addison Copeland, and Shane Wilbico. Let's run through them. Miles Alston, a guy we don't know much about. He's played a little bit this year, special teams-wise and on offense, but we haven't been able to see a lot of what he brings to the table. So Alston is going to be a bit of a new face, right? Join the team. He's a redshirt freshman. We don't actually know what he's going to bring to the table. Hasn't recorded a reception yet. He has played in the past three games, though. Alston, a bigger guy, has good size at 6'1". He's listed at 180, looks a little bit bigger than that. So we'll see. Guy out of Virginia Beach has the opportunity. I think he's the five based on the participation statistics we have thus far. And in practice, when I have watched him, He's more of a fluid route runner than a drop-you-dead Kadani Mumfield type of route runner. A guy that has pretty good hands. He's not going to wow you with his athleticism. He's going to beat you more with his fluidity and his smoothness. 
He's a graceful athlete. That is what he is. So that's the type of player you have in Miles Austin. Outside of that, before we have live reps, can't say all that much about Austin. Gavin Thompson, a walk-on that became a scholarship player this year. We've seen him play a little bit. He did play last year. Uh, didn't do a ton in those opportunities, obviously, with all the injuries that just ended up hitting this team last year. Thompson had to be thrown in there, and he was a walk-on in that capacity. We're talking about a guy that, again, a little bit on the bigger side, about six foot, 185, but he plays bigger than that. He's a contested catch guy that works mainly underneath and in the intermediate area, but you can throw those go balls to him and let him try and go up and get him. Um, he is a guy that has been in this system for a while now, though. Redshirt Jr. kind of understands the standard of the Pat Narduzzi program. That could benefit him. You look at the two freshmen then. This is where it gets interesting. We don't actually know all that much about Chayna Wobico or Addison Copeland. Now, now, if you remember Chayna Wobico, this guy is a state finalist in Texas, which is just unbelievable. He is a fast, fast football player. He flies he is a guy that can do so many different things with the ball in his hands. But how much of a polished receiver is he yet? I don't think we know that answer. I don't think we know necessarily if Noabuko is ready for a heftier workload. He might need a year to get all those things encompassed. But the speed is special. And that is something that you do look at. So if... The options behind the top three end up kind of falling through. I think Noabuko ends up being an interesting option just because of the intangibles and the athleticism he has. Copeland's a big player, though. This is a different type of receiver from Shane Noabuko. Copeland, a guy that is six foot two in every single bit of it, um, a guy that will go up and win in those areas. Again, these freshmen, though have that type of transition that is not necessarily easy. It's hard for these freshmen to fully get their footing under them. But that is your receiving core. So the two freshmen we really don't know much about, Gavin Thompson, a walk-on turn scholarship player, has played intermittently. Miles Austin appears to be the five, but we don't know about him that much. So maybe we learn more about Miles Austin very soon. We'll see how this receiving core works out. I think it's definitely something to be concerned about. I'll also say this. Losing Carter Warren is also not great. In my opinion, the team's best offensive lineman pound for pound. He's out for the season with a knee injury. Um, so that's going to suck, but it's it's a decision for the next level. Uh, you, you look at what Carter Warren has in his sights and his sights or sit in the NFL, he's going to go to the senior bowl, go to the combine. He's a guy that might get drafted um, in May. So I think that is a guy you look at and you lose a lot. But I'll give the props to Branson Taylor. Branson Taylor has been great at left tackle. He's had his inconsistencies. He's still a young dude. But, man, the natu natural traits, his hand usage is very, very, very good. He's got great grip strength. He's got great strength. He's athletic. He's big. He's a mauler. He's a good player. He's a good player. You can tell that he's going to be a stalwart for them. I like him at left tackle. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table there at left tackle throughout the rest of the season, even though losing Carter Warren and the steady leadership 
and play you get from him is going to suck. The offensive line is just a rotating thing. Owen Drexel will be back soon, so Pitt's going to have an opportunity to reshuffle the deck, if you will, with Jay Cradle, who's been playing center ever since Drexel got hurt against Tennessee. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I don't know what they're going to do with the right side of the line. Gonzalez hasn't played all that well, so I imagine Hoy will shift back out. Cradle will shoot in at right guard, and Hoy will start at right tackle with Drexel at center, Miner, and Taylor. I expect that to be the lineup. Um, and then, obviously, you get the rotation with Zubovich and probably Gonzalez coming in because Pitt has done that all year. Um, so I would imagine that's what's going to end up happening here. And the offensive line is going to have to be huge. If they're going to get this passing attack on schedule and ready to go, and they have to. There's no doubt about that. They have to get this passing attack ready to go. Well, there's no bigger player, in my opinion right now, than Branson Taylor. He's got to have that ready to go. He's got to protect Keen Slovis' blind side. But speaking of the man himself, Slovis, let's talk about Keen Slovis, where he's at and what they can do here to maybe open this thing up for him to step back. But first, folks, I want to let you know about LinkedIn because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you are getting access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Folks, all you have to do is go add your job and hash, put the hashtag purple hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Folks, there are simple tools that you can use. Things like, for example, screening questions that will help you. You can use profile skills as well to truly get the best people that you want. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Folks, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. We're continuing to discuss this pit passing attack. Receivers get weaker with the loss of Jaden Bradley. There's no doubt about that. And then you also head over and look at a player like Keaton Slovis, who is the center of this offense. So if you look at what you want from this team, you need a passing attack. You need to. And in order to get the passing attack going, Keen Slovis has to be so much more composed, has to be so much more ready to just dive in and, and encircle this offense. It's not an easy offense to run given the struggles in pass protection, the struggles with the receivers separating, and the reliance on Israel Abanikanda. Because teams are selling out for the run game. But no one can take advantage of that fact. And that's been the big thing. Is even though they set, they, they set out to stop Abanikanda, there's been nothing to punish them behind it. And that's been something. And a large part of it is Slovis's largely slow internal clock that has gotten him in a lot of issues, missing reads. Um, he's put in uh, a lot of bad pocket movement on his tape. 
And so, like, when you actually look at Slovis, his entire tape is just marred with, wow, that's a great play. And then, oh, no, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) What are you doing there? His entire tape is a clinic on a highly volatile quarterback. Pitt needs to be needs him to be this. Pitt can't just have him flapping in the wind, going one direction or the other, because this is a guy who needs to be the central kind of component of the offense. He's got to go through his reads quicker. He's got to get a faster internal clock. You have to simplify the reads for him. RPOs, same side reads, play action passes. That's going to be something. Play action passes. I would like to see some motion utilized to to get some space created, some natural leverage created for Keenan Slovis. Help him ID some coverages beforehand. I understand that I am saying you essentially have to baby Keenan Slovis, but up to this point, that's been the truth. You have had to baby him. And he looked great against Tennessee. And, and the question is going to be, well, is that guy ever going to show up again? I don't know. A concussion can throw you off as a quarterback. You can become gun shy. You can become a little bit spooked. And I, I think that's potentially what we're looking at here when you look at Slovis. That concussion could have had an impact, certainly. Those are injuries that you don't just always come back from and you hit the ground running. Some people do, but quarterbacks in particular can be a little bit skittish after stuff like that. We'll see what Slovis comes out of the bye week with. Has another week to truly rest, to kind of get his bearings together, to go over things with Frank Cincinnati, his receivers. And this offense has an opportunity to transform itself a little bit to try and get back to the form they had in the second half against West Virginia or the first half against Tennessee. They have an opportunity here to find that identity. And that's going to be the importance for Keen Slovis. What made him work then? Rhythm throws and getting those same side reads and truly making things easier for him. The play action game under center is going to be huge. And I thought they did this nicely, actually, in the second half against Virginia Tech. I just didn't think Slovis and the receivers were able to execute it. I thought they did a really nice job of mixing up the run pass game under center, and it kind of opened up the shot act, uh, their shotgun stuff. Uh, so I think that's kind of what you have to do. You have to combine those two things and marry the two, and that will help Slovis actually prosper more. And so you got to simplify things for Keaton Slovis, especially without Jane Bradley now and a sl- Thin, 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 Marcin Core. And with Rodney Hammond now back, you're obviously leaning on your run game. The tight ends, Gavin Bartholomew and Carter Johnson, need to step up and be a bigger part of this offense as well. Um, You have to imagine that would be something moving forward. Folks, tomorrow we'll be back. We'll be here with Dalton Pence of Locked on Louisville talking about Malik Cunningham versus this pit defense. What pick could potentially do to defeat Louisville and so much more. Folks, as always, thank you for listening, and as we do as always, hail to Pitt.